1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. Our expert from REMAX Prime Properties is Asif Khan. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Our real estate conversation begins today with the housing market outlook released by Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation. Asif? That's right, Tina. And joining us today to talk about the findings and trends is CMHC's lead Toronto analyst, Donna Segnagama. Donna, welcome to the show. Thank you. Donna, tell us a little bit about the key highlights from the 2023 release, and what does it suggest about house prices in the GTA? Yeah, so we are going to, in general, there's going to be a lull in the activity, particularly for the first nine months of this year before things start to pick up. And that the, the main reason behind that has to do with these high interest rates environments that we are in. Uh, but we don't anticipate rates to continue its upward trajectory. We do anticipate rates to somewhat stabilize, especially next year. So leading into next year, we should see activity uh, picking up and things returning to somewhat of a normal pace that we were accustomed to uh, two or three years ago. And for the listeners tuning in right now, Donna, would you tell them that prices are on the rise or could decline in the next little while? So I think we've, so we've probably reached the bottom, um, so to speak. I mean, when I say the bottom, you know, it's nowhere near the levels we saw maybe five, uh, ten years ago. Prices are still very, very expensive. Uh, price levels are still very high, but the growth has started to decline uh, with the onset of the, the rate hikes that we've, I think we've had about six or seven um, in the last several months. So I think we've reached the rock, uh, the the bottom, we've bottomed out in terms of the declines. What we are likely to see over the next several months is some, somewhat of a stabilization in the, the, the price rates. We're not likely to see an increase, neither are we likely to see a major decrease. Prices are just going to stay level uh, before things start to, I believe, pick up again uh, by 2024. And Donna, with the consumer confidence coming from the interest rates staying stable, how much do you attribute that to the contributing factors that would either increase or keep the prices uh, stable, as as you said. Yeah, I mean, interest rates, uh, you know, it, it has done its part in terms of bringing down inflation, and I think it sort of tempered some of the, the heightened, the uh, the, the, the level of activities we saw uh, in 2020 and 2021 and even 2022, those were not the normal norms that we've We've seen over the last 10 years, uh, those were anomalies, if you want to put it in a more in an economics context. Um, with the rising rates, it's, it did put a halt, particularly for first-time buyers um, that are looking to qualify because rates have started to increase, and uh, as well as the short-term but also long-term rates. Uh, if you're borrowing against the lines of credits, that has also increased um, uh, the borrowing cost. Uh, similarly, I think if you're a developer, fin- project financing costs have also gone up. Um, they've all played a role in somewhat keeping um, demand a little bit subdued. Uh, but I think this was more a case of the market also reacting to, because we, I think we've we are coming off maybe 10 or 15 years of low interest rates, and suddenly it starts to spike. I don't think anybody 
quite knew what was going on. So there's a cohort of, of potential buyers that would have you know, stepped aside and are on the sidelines. But as rates start to somewhat stabilize, I think we're likely to see them re-entering the market um, and, you know, not discounting the fact that we are likely to see more immigration, population growth, demand, and all of that with, you know, high levels of employment. So all of that, uh, with coupled with low supply, would just ultimately mean that prices will stay high and continue to go up. Will there also be a demand for rental properties as well? Oh, absolutely. I think, um, you know, the key piece, I mean, we talk about um, home ownership, uh, but, you know, in the GTA or even in York region where the average house price is 1.1, 1.2 million, um, these are not levels that, you know, I'd like, I don't, I don't like to call them the the levels that you're, it's more of an, a want in terms of ownership, but then the, the rental part in all of this is really the need, you know, where people are looking for a place to live. And the challenge here we have in the GTA is that, Rents are incredibly high, and we don't have adequate, affordable rental supply. You know, a lot of the stock that you're seeing across the GTA, particularly within the city of Toronto, the stock was built back in the 60s and 70s. And any of the new stock that's coming in, newly built units, their rents are comparable or above that what you would pay for a rental condo. So that's the biggest challenge, and the demand is very high. And as you know, you know, immigration is expected to go up over the next several years. The federal government has increased those, um, uh, the quotas, so we are likely to see heightened demand for rent- rental properties over the next several years. And staying on that supply issue, the government has promised 1.5 million new homes to be built. And according to your forecast, housing starts will decline and remain well below 2021 and 2022. How are we going to hit this $1.5 million target, and do you think it's realistic? Well, you know, that that's the ideal scenario, but what I... What we all like, we always like to say is there's no such thing as bad supply. Any supply is good. So even if we don't reach the, the 1.5 million, now that's the rate that we would need in order to help for housing to become affordable at the 2003 levels. Uh, but even if we can achieve half of that, that's still going to make um, house prices a lot more affordable. Um, so while it may seem fairly audacious in terms of the, the sheer magnitude, and we are not likely to achieve that, uh, we have labor constraints. We came out with a report on that uh, several months ago last year, um, in fact, and we did point out that there are severe constraints in terms of labor. There are also material um, issues. There are supply chain issues, which will also curtail some of the, the construction activity. So realistically, we're unlikely to achieve that 1.5. That's an ideal goal, uh, but any supply is good. So even if you can achieve half of that, that goes a long way in making housing affordable and keeping prices lower. At this point, demand is outpacing supply. What does CMHC want to say to those on the market right now? You know, so home ownership, it's, it's a very individual decision. Uh, we don't like to, to, we, we don't like to say what you, anybody should do or not do. I think as a federal housing agency, our goal is to ensure that housing is affordable and that every Canadian has a place that they can uh, afford and that they can live and that they're shelter. So um, our goal is really to encourage uh, 
more supply into the market, uh, be, be it in the form of new construction, but also existing units that could either be converted, um, but also speeding up construction through regulatory uh, Uh, processes that may be hampering some of these new developments coming in. Um, so our goal as as a federal housing agency is to advise the government uh, and point out what what is needed in order to keep housing affordable. And in order to do that, right now, the biggest challenge is the lack of supply. So we need to increase more of it uh, going forward. And that could be in several forms, but it's, like I said, building brand new, but also looking at existing stock and seeing how we can maybe retrofit, um, renovate, demolish, rebuild, and all of those things and really coming up with a solution uh, to, to help affordability or improve it. And Donna, you had said that we've already hit rock bottom and are now in a stable environment. The housing market outlook shows that by 2024, the prices will start rising. For the people sitting on the fence and, and are looking to buy, is the message to them that their window of opportunity to buy at an affordable price is coming to an end? You know, when you talk about affordability, I think Toronto stopped being affordable maybe 10 or 15 years ago. So I think if you're trying to get into the market, I think it really is an individual decision based on um, can you afford it? Do you have the income? Do you have the job security, et cetera, et cetera? So, um, you know, we are anticipating prices to go up next year. Um, so, and again, there are, there are also some element of risk in that. We pointed that out in the report. I mean, we do these forecasts, but there's so many geopolitical issues uh, in this world that we're in that could also maybe change some of this outlook. I mean, right now we have an ongoing um, uh, war in Ukraine, and that has impacted some of the supply chain and and. and Similarly, we could, you know, God forbid, another pandemic or a different sort of a pandemic or any of these external factors which we have no control over could likely impact how interest rates behave and could, you know, our forecast, there's a likelihood that our forecast may not play out the way we anticipate. But based on the, the information that we have right now uh, and based on inflation and the fact that it is coming down, we don't anticipate interest rates to go up any further. And by default, if interest rates stay low or, or stop increasing, that should mean that, you know, borrowing costs sh should come down and, and be stable and therefore ensuring more people can uh, afford to buy a home. Donna, I wanted to pick up on a couple of things that you mentioned there, including that Toronto has stopped being affordable, that prices are expected to go up next year, that there are geopolitical risks. Is there then any room for optimism for Canadian consumers? You know, I think there is optimism, certainly, I think, if you're an existing homeowner, mm. because if you bought a home in this market 10, 15 years ago, the chances are, even in this current environment, there are huge equity gains from a seller's perspective. Um, there is, uh, I think... Uh, op reason for optimism from the rental side. We're seeing more developers actually entering the market and, and promoting and start building more purpose-built rental, which we've always advocated for. Um, and I think there's a real recognition at all levels of government that we need to bump up supply. And they're um, helping that through looking at, you know, within with the, at the municipal level, looking at some of the, the regulatory structures, some of the barriers that may exist that may delay new units from coming on board 
board, looking at approval processes. So this, the, the reason for optimism is, is this recognition that there is a problem and that we all collectively need to solve it. Um, I think from a pessimistic point of view, I think if you're a first-time buyer, um, it is a very, very hard market to get in at. And I think not just from a buying perspective, I think even now from a rental perspective in certain pockets of the GTA, particularly in the downtown core, rents are very expensive. And I think that's a real concern. Um, and we want to make, we want to keep the, the city, this economic region as a hub that we attract talent and not draw people away. We've seen some of the... Um, interprovincial migration numbers for the last several quarters. We've actually started seeing more people leaving uh, the GTA, leaving Ontario uh, to other provinces. And that's not good because we want to keep um, all those people here in Ontario in, in the GTA and to help the economy. So I think that's a, from the pessimistic point of view is the sheer fact that it's a very expensive market. It's um, it's discouraging some of the talent to stay on and they move, may move out. But from an optimistic perspective, I think there's a real, real recognition from all levels of government and even from the industry that we need to do something about this. So, you know, with lots of heads together, I uh, we hope that this will mean that we will have some sort of a solution in the next several years. And speaking of people moving to different provinces, the report has some great information about regional differences and, and different provinces. If our listeners want to read the report in full, where can they find it? It's on our website, uh, cmhc, www.cmhc.ca, and just in the search engine, just uh, the search bar, just type housing market outlook, and that should take you there to the report. Don, I know the housing market outlook release is always a busy time for you. Thank you very much for making the time to join On the Market. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. After the break, an update On the Market in York Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's radio real estate show. Now, Asif, we just talked with CMHC about the housing outlook for 2023. Let's drill down to York Region. What does that look like? Well, York Region is, is very different from what we just heard about Toronto and, and the speculation that Toronto is going to remain in a down market for about eight or nine months. We're not seeing that on the street. And when we drill down into York Region and we look at the listings, the problem right now is we are over a thousand listings short of where we were last year. So that's about a third of the listings short. We're down about 33% in listings. And if you compare April to last April, we're up in sales by about 50 units. So not only do we have 33% less listings, we're at about 101, 102% of sales. So that's going to cause some upward pressure on pricing. And so I don't really buy into the fact that pricing will remain down. If you're listening and you're a buyer, I would look at what's happening on the streets right now in the areas that you're looking at because the majority of areas right now are in overbid territories, which mm. means that everyone is getting over asking for their homes. So don't be fooled or, or don't buy too much into the uh, the economics, uh, economics of the uh, situation, look at what's actually happening and the reality of what's happening in each area. 
You said you're short listings, but is there demand? There's a lot of demand. There's pent-up demand, as Donna had said, that the the pent-up demand is going to play a big role in it. And that's already out there. And you've also got immigration contributing to it. You've got... Uh, you know, the typical new buyers that are out there, plus the move-up buyers or the move-down buyers. So there is a lot of demand, which is causing the bidding wars right now. And as Donna suggested, as CMHC suggested, Toronto is unaffordable. So people are moving beyond the Toronto borders into 905 and likely beyond as well, don't you think? They are. And if you look at the average price numbers, yes, they are down compared to last year. And, you know, last year at the beginning of 2022, the market was ultra heated. So we had those crazy 20, 30 percent price appreciation that we saw, which contributed to a higher average price point. But what we're seeing right now is a lower average price point. But still, if you look at York Region, there's only one area in York Region that the average price is under a million dollars, and that's Georgina. So the bounce back has started, and we're going to start to continue with that bounce back throughout the region and look for Georgina to even hit over a million dollars very soon. You talked about 2022 and that market being overheated. How would you characterize the market right now then? I would say it's a normal market. It's a typical market. If we go back four or five years, we're starting to see the same trajectory throughout the year. So December, you know, it's pretty quiet. January starts the year off kind of on the quiet side, but picking up by the end of the month. February starts to pick up a little bit. March, April, May, June are heated. So you're going to start to see that same trend. It's very different than the COVID trends where, you know, in 2020, we saw a very quiet spring market, but then it exploded and it went right through 2021 into 2022, which is what caused the the banks to have to step in and, and the BOC to step in with the interest rate hikes. Now that the interest rate hikes are behind us and we're starting to see a more normal interest rate in the four or four and a half percent mark, you're going to start to see buyers come off the fence. Okay, so they're coming off the fence. Are you seeing bidding wars? We are. Bidding wars are all around. And if you look at a home that's presented well, you can pretty much guarantee you're going to be in competition. So if you see something that doesn't have a bidding war on it or or an offered date on it, jump on it and try to scoop that right away because anything else, it's you're going to be in competition. So anyone who is thinking about selling then is probably thinking, I should get in there. I'm going to get over asking on my home. Is that pretty much a guarantee? Uh, it's not guaranteed because you get some people that want to list at the price their neighbor sold at in a bidding war. Yeah. You still have to be priced at market value in order to attain the, the possibility of getting into a bidding war. If you're priced too high, you're not going to get into a bidding war. Buyers are careful. It's not like 2021 or 2020, early part of 2022 right now. The buyers are very savvy. They know what the houses are going to appraise at, what the condos are going to appraise at, and they know what the values are. So if you're overpriced, your house is going to sit and you're not going to get that. And if you're underpriced and you don't get the demand that you need in order to attain your goal for your sale price, then that's going to be a wasted effort and it's going to hurt your listing. So you need to be priced right from the first time you go on the market because if you're underpriced or overpriced, it's going to hurt you. Let's talk about some of the specific regions and areas in York Region. What can you tell us? So if we look at, um, you know, basically 
uh, there's a few areas that are up in sales month over month. So if you're looking at uh, April 2023 to April 2022, you've got Aurora that had more sales, King, Markham, and also Richmond Hill. And the only areas that were down in sales were Georgina. So surprisingly, even though Georgina has started to bounce back, they were down in sales for the month of April compared to last April. But if you look at the number of listings that are on the market, Aurora has a very limited number. So they had 70 active listings, but in April they sold 84. So that's less than a month of inventory. And now we're starting to get into that again, where during the slower period, we're looking at between two and three months of inventory. But now if you're looking at it and you've got less than one month of inventory, that's going to be a problem. You talked about uh, Georgina having the average price under a million bucks. What about the rest of York Region? So if we're looking at... uh, you know, let's start in Aurora. So Aurora is at about 1.37 million. East Willemberry, 1.33 million. Then you've got Georgina at 958,000. You've got 2.2 million or so in King, 1.4 million in Markham. New Market's at 1.15. Richmond Hill, 1.4. Uh, 1.4 again for Vaughan. And then 1.4 for Richard Stouffville. So, um, you know, when we're talking about affordability, There's not a lot of it in the region, and you really have to pick your opportunities. Well, that's exactly what I was going to talk to you about, because CMHC said Toronto stopped being affordable. It sounds like York Region is either the same or headed in that direction. Exactly. I mean, York Region has been like this for a while, and you have to, you know, also look at the size of the houses and the land that you get in York Region, because that's what you're paying for. And a lot of people during COVID had moved into the region because they wanted to sell their condo and have more space. And they moved into York Region or they moved into Simcoe, they moved into Durham, and that drove prices up. And although prices are down a little bit, they're still in, you know, over the million dollar range. So if you're looking for a detached house, you're not going to get one for under 1.2, 1.3 million in the region. Is there an opportunity in the condo market? And yes, there is. Uh, 905 condos are generally cheaper than the 416 condos. So you do have an opportunity and there is a good number of units available as well. So the supply is there, but it is being scooped up because first time buyers now are focusing on the condo because that's how they get their foot in the door. So if you're a first time buyer, don't rule out those condos because once you get your foot in the door, once your condo appreciates in value, then you can take that equity and put it into a, a townhouse or a semi or even a detached. Do you anticipate, though, that there will be appreciation in the condo market? There will. It, with, the num- with the demand that we have already out there, plus the pent-up demand and then immigration coming in, we, we don't have enough supply. So, uh, you know, as we start eating up at the supply, and you're going to start to see prices appreciate right, right through. When we come back, your real estate questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market. Time now for questions for Asif Khan. And we begin in Markham. Sheila writes, I'm hearing stories about homes being sold over asking. Is it a good time to list and sell my home? 
Asif, I think I know the answer to this, but go ahead. It certainly is. I mean, there's not a lot of inventory out there, so you want to be on the market when there's low inventory. So this would be a perfect time. Uh, as we just talked about, you know, York Region, we're down about a 1,000 listings right now compared to last year at this time. So it definitely is a good time to be on the market and get more eyeballs onto your home and get more people through that door. Sheila is writing from Markham. So how is that area doing in terms of supply? We're just at about a month of supply, which is really low. So comparatively, a few months ago, we had about two to three months of supply. So the supply has really diminished over the last little while, and we're starting to see the results in terms of bidding wars and multiple offers. Mary in Thornhill writes, My agent wants to hold off on offers, which frankly is making me nervous. What is the point of this tactic? The, the point is, and, and you'll see a lot of agents want to hold off on offers right now because otherwise your house will sell on the first day and you may not get as much as you want for the house at that time. So what we try to do is make sure we can get as many people through the door before accepting offers. And usually it's about a five to seven day window. If you're holding off for two weeks, that's a little overkill. But uh, if you're doing five to seven days and try to get as many people through as possible, you might have two, three, four, five people that fall in love with your house and will want to outbid each other in terms of purchasing that home. So it's a better shot at not leaving money on the table. And a lot of times people will do a bully offer. And a bully offer is a preemptive offer, which if someone really loves a house and wants to pay a lot more for it than what you're asking, they may submit an offer and, and give you a short irrevocable to say, you know, I, I need an answer in like three or four hours. This is our best offer. And we may or may not have any conditions, but if you accept this offer, then your home is sold. The agent still has to have enough time to contact all the other agents that have shown it just to make sure that everyone's on the level playing field. And if no one else comes forward and you want to look at that offer and review that offer and maybe even accept that offer, then uh, that would be probably your the best price that you're going to get. It sounds like a high-pressure situation. How do you navigate all that? It really is, and it's higher pressure on the agents mm. because now, uh, you know, there's a lot of rules and, and policies and, uh, you know, ethics and morals that come into play, and you have to make sure that you're abiding by all of these rules because the fines are significant. And, uh, you know, a lot of agents will uh, try to circumvent these rules, and, and that's not right. So there's, uh, there, there is a lot of pressure not only on the seller, but also the buyers, because they may go into this without any conditions. And, you know, they may know that they're pre-approved for their mortgage, but what about a home inspection? Is it an older house? Does it need a home inspection? Sometimes you want to do a home inspection before the offer date to make sure that you get it in. So there's so many things to consider. It's high pressure all around. Have you been on both sides of the bully offer? And, and what do you think about that tactic? It's a, it's a part of the business when mm. the inventory is low. And yes, I, I've been on both sides. It's, you know, the pressure on the bully offer is, are we accepting something that may be too low? If we were to wait the extra two or three days, would we get more? Or, you know, do we, if we don't accept it, will we even have any offers? And are we leaving money on the table then? So there's, uh, you know, the strategy with the bully offer on the listing side, there's a little more stress as to, do you take it or do you not? It's, uh, it's almost like rolling the dice. When you're a buyer, it, it you know, Buying a home is an emotional decision. And if mm. something is worth $100,000 more to someone because they'll be closer to their mom and dad or they'll be close to the school that they want to be at, that's what goes into making that bully offer so much more in terms of the monetary value. 
But as a seller, you also want to make sure that the closing date fits your closing date. You know, have you found anything? Because with the limited inventory market, you may want to find something before you take that bully offer that may only have a 30-day closing date. So there's so many factors to consider. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes that doesn't really make it to the desk. And uh, it's, it, it is high pressure. Better you than me, Asif. <laughs> as a reminder, <laughs> if you have questions for On The Market, hit send anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, if our listeners prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that? They can always email me at asif at thehomeshop.ca. If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.